Take from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, a show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. Co-host, John Trumbull, happy Halloween, my friend. Happy Trick Halloween. Yeah, this, this episode actually dropping on Halloween, so yeah. Trick or treat, smell my feet. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Give me, oh, okay, well, mm, okay, well, I'm kind of into that, I thought. My okay, uh, well, my Craigslist ad specifically said, to, "Yeah, so, <laughs> into feet smelling." And... Okay, we uh, this episode's already taken a really weird <laughs> turn. <laughs> we we go we got weird real quick. No, no, not we. You, no. you, my I, friend. <laughs> damn it! I was, I was hoping to drag <laughs> I, you down with me. I was not on board with this weirdness. That is that is the entire problem. That is the issue. Yes, and John. Yes, and God. Come on. I'm not going to yes and a foot fetish. No. <laughs> I, I will no but that all day long. <laughs> no buts. <laughs> so. Oh, good times, guys. Good times. Happy Halloween, one and all. Hope you're all, uh, you know, staying safe, eating candy, dressing up as something weird and kinky out, you know, calling it a costume. Yeah. Weird uh, and or kinky. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. No judgment, you know, no. unless it's the smell my feet thing, because yeah, right. that's just weird. Yeah, I, yeah, a little bit. I'll, I'll, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, no, no one wants to. I don't know. I, foot fetish, it's a thing I have just never gotten. I'm just like, I, I don't get it at all. Um, I, I, I don't want to say I, I don't want to out myself. No, I actually, no, I don't really get it. I mean, yeah, you got to. You know, boobs and butts are great, but feet, it's, you know, I got feet. I don't, I don't need to yeah, see that. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Quentin Tarantino and Joss Whedon want to sit me down and be like, no, 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 you don't understand. And <laughs> yes, you're, you're correct. I do not understand. I do not want to understand. So. Wait, Josh Whedon has a, has a foot thing too? I thought it was just, uh. Oh cheap. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Hey, look at his movies, my friend. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll I'll go back. I mean, Serenity, uh, the first Avengers movie, women walking around bare feet all the live long day. Oh, Pepper Potts is barefoot. Oh, yeah. I mean, partly that's because I think she's like taller than Robert Downey Jr. or maybe like around the same height. I, I that was like to put them at more comparable heights. Mm. Yeah, like Down, Downey wears lifts in his shoes for. Uh, certain of his Tony Stark scenes, apparently. Oh, interesting. I didn't even notice that. Yep. Huh. All right. Yeah, but, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, okay, I get I get that you want to make the heights somewhat comparable because, God forbid, a woman is the same height or taller than her leading man. But, uh, yeah. yeah, the lingering close-ups on the feet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I knew Tarantino because he has that one scene in Kill Bill where it's literally just Uma Thurman's feet for yeah almost a minute. And I wouldn't say that she has particularly attractive feet. No, they're... You know, I, mean, I was looking at those and I'm like, are those supposed to be good-looking feet? Because I don't think they are. Uh, I I mean, I'm sure they're, they're... I'm sure somebody finds, you know, thinks finds them. Look, hey, there's mostly. a foot for every foot fetishes out there. I mean, and, right. and hey, God bless you. If that's what you're into and you're not doing anybody any harm, but mm -hmm. God love oh, you. And it's I got, weird to me. 
It is. And I remember, like, in his last movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there's that scene where Margot Robbie puts her feet up, her bare feet up. In oh, the, yeah. In the she puts her bare feet up on the on the foot, the seat in front of her in the movie theater. And I'm like, okay, am I supposed to not be rooting for Charles Manson to kill her now? <laughs> I mean, look, if I don't if know. if you do that at a movie theater, I kind of want Charles Manson to kill her. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's punishable by death, but it's definitely... Like, look, look, folks, like, if you learn anything from this podcast is don't put people love don't some, put your bare feet up on places if you're not at home. Yeah, there are some people that love to be barefoot in places they shouldn't be like, I understand, like, you know, the beach, the pool. That's fine. But yeah, like on an airplane, on the bus, people do that on airplanes. I see like a periodically on Twitter, you see a picture of somebody like and they've got their foot like resting beyond their seat. And it's so, like, the person on the seat in front of them has to look at that person's bare-ass foot. It's just like, no, what the... You, you, you're getting way too comfortable, my guy. Yeah. Like, like, exactly. like you, like your feet need to breathe that much that you gotta, like... I, I, don't, I, I don't need to be seeing anybody else's feet under pretty much any circumstances. Even, no. even when people... Even when people are like walking around in sandals, I'm like, ugh, yeah, no, put that, put that shit away. <laughs> yeah, have you no shame in your feet, sir? That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that people should have shame about their bodies. Yes, exactly. That's all I'm asking is just more repression in the world. That's that's why whenever I go to the beach, I dress up in a full trash bag, just cover everything from head to toe. Yeah. My my body is my shame. And I don't yes. need to expose anybody else to it. You know, no. like a normal person. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I wear two three-piece suits at all times. <laughs> One on top of the other. Just so that no part of my body is peeking out at any time. I mean, if, if I could, like, shield my head, I would do that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I when I walk around in a giant box. Like a, a, yeah. a crate, if you will, with mm. just enough room for my feet to move, you know, around to and fro. And yeah. some air holes, of course, because I'm, I'm not crazy. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's, that's... I think we've displayed that well, that neither one of us is crazy. No, I don't. Yeah, no, I think we're both normal, sane people. Absolutely. It's everybody else that's weirdos. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, uh, there's a show called Saturday Night Live. Uh, let's talk about it. Oh yeah, let's do that. That's let's do that do thing. Uh, this is uh, the episode. Uh, let's see, episode four from season forty-eight from October 29th, ninth, twenty twenty-two, with Jack Harlow as the host and the musical guest. Yes. Now, uh, regular viewers of SNL, they might recall that uh, Mr. Jack Harlow, he's been on the show once before. Uh, yes, he was a musical guest, uh, not too long ago, if I'm not mistaken. Let me, let me, let me look it up. I should have had that ready to go, but let's, let's see when he was. Yeah, let's see. Started his career in 2018. Okay. He was, he, he was the musical guest on, uh, March 27th of last year. That oh, wow. Was, uh, when Maya Rudolph was hosting. So. Oh, that was super recent. Yep, very, very recent. I knew we had covered him before. Um, I did not yeah. go back and look at that episode to see what I thought of him back then. I'm thinking I was not a fan. And did this episode uh, change your opinion? 
still not really a fan. Uh, a fan. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I mean, I'll show my hand a little bit. Yeah. Like I, as a host, I thought he was serviceable, but he's, he's, he seemed to be pretty low energy and not really didn't have like the dynamic charisma I try to look for in a, in a host. Yeah. I just, uh, he, he didn't really grab me. He's either the host or the musical guest. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that as we go. Um, I guess he just made a lot of friends when he was there before. Cause I still think he's just an odd choice for a host. Cause I don't know if he's that huge musically. I and... think, I think he has his fan base. Like it seemed like okay. a lot of, he has a bunch of, you know, Harlow heads or whatever they're called, like in the audience, just screaming at him right. just at the but he's, side of him. He's not like Taylor Swiftian level. No, Lord, no. Who right. is? I mean, well, who is? Honestly. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, but he has a good amount of fans and he is well known. You know, he's a this, you know, white rapper from Kentucky, which is uh, something. Uh, so he and uh, combo I mean, you don't see or hear a lot. Of. No, not at all. Like I think music is banned in Kentucky, so I don't even know how he got. Yeah, to be I think the that's is. the No Dancing Tone from Footloose. I'm pretty sure that was in Kentucky. Pretty much, that's right. I think uh, like John Lithgow is the head of that town, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but like he has a following, so like I get that SNL wanted to make him a host just to you know maybe siphon off some of that the that youthful audience that he has a hold on. But I mean, as far as a guest in the music world, <laughs> that world, makes it sound like it's an invasion of the body snatcher <laughs> Siphon off the audience, he has a hold. <laughs> it sounds like he's holding them prisoner. Maybe he is with his music. Maybe he is. We don't know what he does in his personal life. And again, no judgment. <laughs> yeah, we. It's right. You do. You do. You Harlow. But uh, yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I, I think I feel the same way you do. Overall, I thought as a host, he was serviceable but not really you know it didn't wow me i don't know i i think even calling him a serviceable host i think is overpraising mm. him but you know we'll we'll see okay so he's trying to be nice yeah yeah uh I, i'm not about nice today <laughs> <laughs> i'm not here to make friends i'm not here to make friends <laughs> that's right i'm here to dish out the real that's right keep it a real son nah mean <laughs> So, uh, all right. Well, should we dive in to do the cold open? Let's do it. Okay. So uh, we start out with the PBS News Hour Republican Momentum cold open uh, with Heidi as the host, the PBS host, whose name I didn't write down. Uh, apparently, she's playing a real person, though, as folks yeah. want to do on this show okay. when they're playing newscasters. All right. Far, fair, far out. And, and uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's basically saying like you know, election season is upon us, yep. and um, we have, up. yeah, yeah. So we have some uh, Republican uh, nominees that are running for office, and uh, insane to... Republican nominees who are apparently at least neck and neck with their more sane, sensible Democratic opponents. Because that's the world we live in now. That's the world we live in, where, you know, people are just, they just say gibberish, and, and voters are like, I like the cut of this guy's jib. Like, yeah. He makes no fucking sense, and he wants to take away elections. Well, I still like him. At least he's not a liberal. Uh, yeah. I think they even mentioned that, like, none of the um, three candidates that they're, that they're parodying, like, in real life, none of them have any political experience whatsoever. 
True. Yes. Yeah. So and this uh, is... it's, we have we have Keenan playing Herschel Walker, who's running for office in Georgia. Uh, Mikey Day playing Doctor Oz, who's running in Pennsylvania. And Cecily as Carrie Lane, who I'm not really familiar with, but she's running for office in uh, Arizona. Uh, Carrie Lake. Carrie uh, Lake. Oh, uh, autocorrect screwed me up there. Okay. okay. Uh, but yeah, according to what they said in the sketch, uh, she was a local news anchor and she was a Democrat for a number of years. But I guess now she's gone to flipping and doing this now because it's uh, maybe an easier way to, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the, the, we're bearing the lead a bit here. Cecily Strong's back on the show. She's playing uh, Gary Lake, uh, making her return to SNL after missing the three, first three shows of the season. She was out in L.A. doing uh, the search for signs of intelligent life in the universe. Yay! And apparently that went well for her. But you know, it's it's nice to have her back, and and I think the show really missed her too because they used her a lot this episode. Yeah, she uh, they yeah, she was really in a good chunk of uh, sketches. In she this was episode. all over the place. I mean, I think mm-hmm. she is pretty undeniably the star or one of the stars of the show at this point. Yeah, like I, I mean, at this point, you can't. You can't deny that she is like a super, you know, no pun intended, a strong performer, and she's yep. one of the the stalwarts of uh, SNL. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I used that word right, but I feel like I did. I feel like it was at least in the range of right. So perfect. <laughs> it was right-ish, which is really all that anyone can expect these days. That's right. Perfect. I'm ready to be a Republican candidate. There you go. There you go. You say things that are vaguely correct once in a while. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, so basically, this is this uh, cold open is pretty uh, straightforward. Meat potatoes. It's uh, Keenan doing his Herschel Walker impression, garbling his words, saying nonsense. Of uh, uh, Mikey Day as Doctor Oz, mm-hmm. and um, like you said, uh, Cecily Strong as Carrie Lake, saying things that like you know Arizonans are. You know, or they're they want to focus on the important things of the world, like crime in New York and crime in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, I, li- I like how they referred to Arizona as the Florida of the West. I thought that summed it up nicely. It's a very, very smart line. I like and, and I liked how she had like the soft focus, and they said she's lit like a '90s Cinemax hardcore movie. Oh, indeed. Uh, <laughs> you know. which, yeah, they they were going nuts on the soft focus, and I I guess that's the thing with with. Uh, Carrie Lake. I haven't I haven't kept up with the news enough in, in the last couple of weeks to really know what her deal is. Yeah, I've I'm trying to hold on to my sanity. I have not looked into the news. Yeah, exactly. that much. I mean, I I already know more about Herschel Walker and Doctor Oz than I ever want to. So, yeah, area. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So what are your thoughts on the cold open? Um, I thought it was okay. I felt like they went with a couple like jokes that didn't really go anywhere or they didn't really work like keener at one point he had herschel walker do that really old joke about the thermos of like how does it know to whether to keep my drink hot or cold and i'm like really you're putting that in your cold open yeah it's such an old joke i i I mean that just i could see putting that in the script as a placeholder but you you know you circle back and you write something better um 
my basic feeling on this was like it skipped around too much. It was just like, oh, okay, well, we do a joke about Herschel being stupid. Now we do a joke about Dr. Oz being stupid. Now we do a joke about Carrie Lake being stupid. And it just, I don't know. It didn't really send me. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I thought it was okay, but um, it's the same thing. The, the, the jokes weren't as strong as they sh- aren't, weren't as strong as they should have been. Yeah. Um, the, you know, they, they kind of lacked the bite they needed to really yeah have the impact like you could even hear it, like the audience was like oh okay ha 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 like the audience was yeah. sort of into it but they were kind of not like i noticed like when they introduced cecily strong as carrie lake i i thought there would be like a huge thing of applause cuz this is uh cecily strong coming back after you know missing a couple shows but like no yeah. there wasn't any anything like that there was no yeah silence. that was weird that was weird yeah, yeah she, she she deserved a, a good welcome back applause break. Um, Absolutely. We, we were applauding you at home, Cecily. I was standing and applauding. Yep. I did my part. Yep. Uh, so, but yeah, I didn't take too many notes on this cold open because like, honestly, I thought it was yeah. like, eh, nuts. I, I, think, I think the Carrie Lake stuff was the strongest in, yes. in the sketch. I, I feel like they could have gone a little harder at both uh, Herschel Walker and Dr. Oz because they're both nuts. But yeah, I feel like they should have gone a little bit, like had a little bit more edge to it. But it, they, it was yeah. more like, oh, dopey, dopey, we're dopey, dumb people type of. They, they, they wanted a little too. They were throwing softballs at them. I, I wanted, yeah, fast, I wanted yeah. fastballs. Yeah, and it's just, uh, yeah, I, I wish it had more of a take uh, of less like, oh, these Republicans are are gaining momentum and they're neck and neck and. I, I wish it went a little harder where, where it was just a little more like, why are these people still doing so well? Are you fucking insane? Uh, yes. You know, I just wish it went a little more rational, I guess. <laughs> That's actually a better cold open, what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Just Heidi looking into the camera. What? what you're, are you all fucking insane? What's wrong with you people? Stop voting for them. Yeah, and look yeah. from New York, it's Saturday. <laughs> It was it was also weird. Something that really struck me was because it's become such a thing that they do a big group live from New York, and Heidi just did this one by herself. Yeah, that's that's really more the exception than the rule. Now it was I found it really striking. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't think of the last time we had just one person saying live from New York, and that used to be the norm. Yeah, that that is that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, when she it was just her, I was like, oh yeah, I've. This is like a yeah. throwback. I haven't seen this in a minute. Yeah, I've gotten very used to, you know, after a cold open, everybody gets together in a big group and they all go, Live in New York today, night. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, it's nice when they vary it up. So, Absolutely. yeah. yeah. I'd, Absolutely. I'd like to see a little more of the single person live from New York. Because I'm sure that's a little more special for the person, too. Yeah, no. Here, here. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, um, we have the center. Uh, we, we had Cecily finally added into the intro for the season. She wasn't able to shoot it with the rest of the cast because, uh, again, she was out west doing doing her one woman show. Busy doing things, big things. Uh, what what do we think of her little segment? Not bad. Like she was on a couch with like a big red feather. You know, yeah, she was like it. fanning herself. I was I was just very surprised that her dog wasn't in there somewhere because she usually does work her dog in somewhere. That is true. Yeah, I did miss the doggy. Did, was she like, okay, Bowen's got the dog thing covered for this. I don't yeah. need to do this. Is uh, I don't want to look like a copycat. We already have a dog. 
I don't know. I don't know. But that just seemed like a thing of hers. Like we usually see her with her dog in some fashion. I think I think in the last winter she even had like a, a dog pin or something like that. Oh. I think I read some interview with her where she was saying like, oh yeah, they they were I wasn't able to bring my dog in because of COVID, but they props worked up a little dog pin for me. Oh okay. so there was still dog representation. Yes. Dog representation matters. It does. It does. Dog lives matter. Ooh, nice. I like it. Yeah. So, right. uh, yeah. So monologue happened. Uh, a, a monologue happened. Yes. A monologue our host, happened. Our host Jack Harlow came out and technically gave what was a monologue. I guess. I yeah. He really seemed to have nothing to say. Yeah, he came out. You know, wearing his big brother's coat, and he basically did you notice that like how the coat he was wearing like seemed like super oversized. Yeah, it wasn't like David Byrne oversized, but it was oversized. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, like uh, it's it is weird because like with the monologue, you know, the host is supposed to set the tone, introduce himself to the audience, to people who may not know him. Yeah, and like really give the vibe of like what what they're about and get the audience excited. And I don't, I don't know if he. Did I didn't that. really get any of that. I he just came out and he, he told a few jokes of like what people are saying he looks like on the internet because he, he looks sort of like just some rando and i don't know i find it i find it kind of hard to like jack harlow he gives off this douchey vibe Ooh, you know uh, do you get I, this yeah. i see I, that's the thing i don't know if he was being douchey or he was like legit just nervous so like he, he seemed very we like give low- him the benefit of the doubt and say he's nervous yeah but I yeah don't know. like like okay i assume you saw the promo that he did with with cecily this uh, week, yes. right? Yeah. He's yeah. super douchey in that. Oh boy. Like <laughs> you know, where where he's like, Oh, the queen the queen is back and just in time for the prince. And so he's like sort of low key hitting on her. Well, maybe not even low key, but yeah. I don't know. He just he just comes off real douchey to me. Um, yeah, I can see that. Like it's it's one of those things where like people are some who are sometimes nervous and awkward, they try to be or they try to present themselves as like confident and say slick stuff. Yeah. Comes across as douchey, but they're not trying to, they're not douchey. They're just super awkward and don't know how to. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's overcompensating for nervousness with false bravado. Cause you know, not a trained actor or anything like that. So yeah, they they are kind of outside their comfort zone. All right. You're, you're being more generous than I am. I'm trying. I also like the point where he mentions how he's in the, He's uh he just finished shooting a remake for uh, White Men Can't Jump, which sounds like a joke, but it's not. They're doing a remake of White Men Can't Jump, and he's the lead in it. Who's the other person? Uh, I don't think they said, but like I remember seeing online that they were doing a White Men Can't Jump reboot. But like when okay. he he said it, it sounded like a joke. Like oh, aha, that's funny. Yeah, I I heard that, and I was like, is that a real thing? I have no idea. That is a real thing. Okay. All right. Well, I'm um, wishing the best. I guess I would assume he's in the Woody Harrelson part, or yeah, he he's the white man who cannot jump. Okay. Well, spoilers. Oh, sorry. Damn it. Oh man. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, all you uh, diehards out there. Sorry. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah and then so, so towards yeah. the end of the monologue, he he steps out into the audience to talk mm-hmm. to the audience a little bit. He's not talking to an audience plan. He's talking to like a real audience person, and. He gets a woman's name. He says, like, oh, what's your name? She says, Michaela. He says, like, yeah, everybody give Michaela a hand. 
And and Michaela claps for herself, which I think that's kind of cocky. <laughs> you know? Let's hear it for me. Yeah, let let other people clap for you, Michaela. Um, and then he goes, anything you want to say with the whole world watching? And she just says, huge Jack Harlow fan. And then he's and, like, and oh, then I guess yeah. It looks like she had a little more to say after that, but he like takes the mic away, so we have no idea. Um, yeah. It, um, I... I don't know. I, I felt like he should have said something like, oh, that's that's fantastic. Or like he should have made a joke out of it or there should have been. A, it didn't seem like there were any jokes really there. And it little... was it was just a whole lot of nothing. It was like, well, why did you go into the audience and, and talk to that woman? And, you know, I realized she was on the spot, but she didn't have anything in particular to say. He didn't have anything in particular to say to her. Yeah. Or do with her. So I'm just like, well, why did we even do this? Yeah, I mean, does anybody have anything to say? Uh, yeah. I don't, it, it felt really awkward. Monologue was just a whole lot of nothing, I thought. Yeah, I'd agree. It just, it felt kind of flat, and it's just like, all right, what's... Yeah. Some, like, at, I, as much as I don't like it when cast members come out to help out the host sometimes, like, I felt like a cast member needed to come out at this point and help out We the really host. needed something here. Yeah, he needed somebody to play off of. Because, I mean, M- Michaela, you know, she's just clapping for herself. She's not giving him anything. Yeah, it really felt like, all right. Like it, it felt like he, he, didn't, he didn't know what to say. And he was just kind of, he's making his jokes about him and having a relationship with Lil Nas X. I was like, all right. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean... Uh, that I just have to shrug and be like, oh, okay, I guess that is the thing that people are saying. And yeah, I don't even know enough about him to know if that was a real thing or not. I, yeah, so. like, I don't know. He really should have, like, kind of, you know, told him, talked more about himself and a little bit more. Like, I, again, like, I don't know if it was because he was just genuinely awkward or genuinely didn't know what to say, or maybe that's just his general demeanor. He's just, like, usually kind of soft-spoken and kind of tries to play it too cool for the room but either way it felt like kind of awkward yeah yeah all right so all right. so and and off off to the races we go yeah not not a great start um so uh next we have our first sketch joker wedding which is uh heidi and jack harlow playing a bride and groom and his best man uh andrew dismukes is come to the wedding dressed as the Joker because it's the day before Halloween. No, he's dressed as the Joker. Yeah, because like I think this wedding takes place because I I saw the uh, exterior. It said like Lexington, so I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be yeah, it's Kentucky. So yeah, so everybody has a Southern accent, mm-hmm. and I guess in the South they say Joker Joker. Because yeah, the the entire sketch was just built around saying the word Joker in a Southern accent. Yeah, like oh, I thought I thought you know we having this uh, we having this wedding around Halloween. I was I, I was going to dress as the Joker. I thought you liked me dressed as the Joker. You don't like me dressed as the Joker. This Joker. That's literally like the first. That's like literally the first two minutes of the sketch. That's it ending in Joker. It's uh, hmm, yeah. Are you there? Did you leave? What happened? You no, know, I'm here. I was I was getting like a Zoom call for some reason. I don't know uh, why. Uh, and I hope they don't try calling me again. I have no idea who that person was. But hey, boy. thanks for screwing up the recording. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> Jack, sorry, Harlow. 
Yeah. Just distracted me for a second. All right. Yeah, no um, worries. It's okay. And, uh, and then, and then towards the end of the sketch, we have uh, a gratuitous uh, Jeff Probst cameo. The Jeff Probst, the host from Survivor. So this would have been really exciting in like 2003. Uh, yeah, that was so random. So random. I mean, I, I guess SNL is really bad. I guess the pandemic is really over if SNL is bringing in like lots of gratuitous cameos again. Yeah, because uh, I mean, like at the beginning of the sketch, you think it's going to be about you know, uh, you know the, the Jack Harlow's best man dressed as a Jauker, and um, then they decide because the bride doesn't like him dressed as a Jauker, they decide to cut to the audience, the the people in attendance at the wedding to see what they think about it, like is if he should leave or stay dressed as a yeah. Jauker. So then we go to then it turns into like like a reality show where the family decides if they should like he should be voted off the wedding or if he should stay. And then yeah. so we have Chloe saying he should stay. No, he should leave, you know, as at the Jauker. Then we have Mikey Day saying he should stay at the Jauker. <laughs> there's no point in going and rehashing a sketch bit by bit because there there wasn't much to this sketch it was just it was just built around going joker in a southern accent and that was it yeah and then of course like you said at the end to have jeff Probst saying he could stay as a joke joker and then he extinguishes the torch that uh, heidi gardner is now carrying and i yeah, this this mm. this was dire. I thought I I have no idea why the show opened with this. I I couldn't bring myself to rewatch it this morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean this this is a ten to one sketch. This like should have been At best. I mean, it, ideally, it's a cut for time sketch or a or a killed it read through sketch. But yeah. somehow it made it to the the aired show and it. It was leading off the show. I so don't get it. Yeah, like, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but I really feel like the 10 to 1 sketch that we ended up with should have been in the place where this sketch was, and the place that this sketch was should have been the 10 to 1 sketch. I feel like it got swapped around. Like, I, I'm i just basing that on my gut. I don't have any knowledge, but I feel like... Okay, because I'm the, not entirely sure. Okay, was, was the 10 to 1 sketch something that revived an old sketch? No, it was... Uh, I'll, we'll say it. Uh, it was The View sketch oh no i don't think that should have been up at the top of the show yeah but i feel like that view sketch felt like it belonged earlier in the show more i didn't say it was great but like oh you know tip of my hat here but like it, it felt like that didn't feel like a 10 to 1 sketch this felt like a 10 to 1 sketch it was just so yeah weird. oh okay okay i see what you're saying i see what you're saying now. yeah and uh but yeah overall i mean this sketch yeah it was very odd choice to start off the show mm -hmm. uh yeah it basically it kind of has that repetition thing, um, yeah. almost like you know the all oh, man, oh man, I'm all out of cash, almost like that. But yeah, yeah, just, it's definitely ooh. yeah. Like I feel like the premise for this was like super thin, non-existent. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this like so far, I'm like, oh, we're not, we're not starting off with our best here so far. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe maybe they could have elevated it with like more people in more outrageous costumes and then it could have built into something, but no, it was just the one guy dressed as the Joker. And I guess the whole gag was saying Joker in a Kentucky accent, which I yeah. don't think is particularly funny. 
Yeah, that's that's the thing. That yeah, most of the sketch does. If, actually, I won't say most. All of the sketch does hinge on that. If you if yeah. you think saying Jauker is funny, then the sketch is for you. If you don't yeah. think Jauker is funny, then then it's an interminable five and a half minutes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's so. that's and therein lies the problem. Yep. So, all so, right, moving yeah. on. Moving on. Moving on. We have our first uh, pre-tape of the night. Uh, Skechers commercial, uh, or as they build it on the show, a message from Skechers. And they're they're just talking about how uh, they're not doing business with uh, Kanye West anymore. Because Kanye West, he, he got into a little bit of hot water. Oh, he did? Recently. Um, said Said some things. Said some things. Things were said. Things were said. Some jobs were lost. Mm. Um, then he few. apparently went into the Skechers corporate offices and he was like, hey, can I do something with you guys? Because I've been fired from Adidas. And, and Skechers is like, no, we're good. <laughs> That's okay. Security. Um, but they say, you know, and they, they talk about how, you know, they're, they're against anti-Semitism in all its forms and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, but still, it's it's kind of cool that Kanye came to us first, right? Yeah, like th- that's um, basically the twist. Where like, oh, we're, did that yeah. make us cool now that we turned away Kanye West? Yeah, and um, I think at one point, like Punky Johnson's in it, and she yeah. she's talk- she was, who's an employee at Skechers, and he says, yeah, the higher ups were like, we can't work with Kanye; he's crazy now. And I'm like, now? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's just. Yeah, we're just becoming more aware of the crazy. I mean, come on. He has been crazy for quite some time. Right. Since, like, the Bush administration. It's been a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, and, like, basically, they also take kind of shots at themselves. I think Cecily Mm -hmm. said at one point, like, how proud she is to work at Skechers. And she's like, when's the last time I said that? Yeah, I know. I liked liked the little characterization, the little asides that they had. I, I, I like this. I thought it was a cool offbeat take on it, and I thought this was funny. This might have been sketch of the night for me. Yeah, yeah. I would I didn't mind this one at all. Like uh again, yeah. I, I like the, the jabs that Skechers took it themselves, talking about how mm-hmm. they're the uh sneaker company that invented shoes you can wash in a washing machine. Yeah. And um I think they also mentioned it's like, yeah, you know, we're we're we don't stand for that, you know, but it is interesting how, you know, you haven't heard Anything from Crocs. Crocs had the same. Yeah, I, I liked how Bowen played that. He was like, you know, hey, I'm not saying Crocs is anti Semitic, but I just think it's interesting that we haven't heard from them for a few days. Uh. Yeah. And uh, and I also, the way it ended, I thought was quick too, because then it cuts to uh, James Austin Johnson as Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. And he's yeah. talking about how he's happy that they are starting to uh, have a partnership with Kanye West. And then it ended with the My Pillow logo saying Skechers Trash is My Pillow's treasure. Which Yeah, is, uh, I don't know if the ending was as strong as the rest of the sketch. I I, I don't know if I needed the My Pillow stuff at the end. Uh but mm. it was it was a way to end it. I I think I would have been fine with just the Skechers stuff by itself. Um Yeah, that's fair enough. It it didn't direct the sketch for me or anything. Um okay. I, I liked the, the, at the end just going, We might mess up in the future, but we didn't this time. And they're like just sort of <laughs> patting themselves on the back. Um yeah, I I like the idea of like, hey, you know, let's let's have a little recognition for how cool this makes us look. And 
Uh, honestly, this was the very first time that I realized that Skechers is not spelled with a T. <laughs> it is S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S. I was like, I had no idea until you mentioned that. Because <laughs> you think it's like sketch comedy, S-K-E-T-C-H. But... Yeah, or, or sketching like drawing or something. I was just like, <laughs> oh, okay, I guess they left the T out because they can trademark it the other way. All right. Yeah. Well, we all we all learned something. We all learned a little something, and you know, it it entertained and educated. And, made, and what made, more can you ask for? Made you laugh and think. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, overall, not a bad sketch. I thought this was okay. Overall, I think yeah, I think probably my favorite of the night. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Next up, we got the uh, post Halloween red carpet special. Yes, uh, live from the sidewalks in New York City at 2.53 a.m. on Halloween night. Uh, we had uh, Cecily and Mikey as hosts, like they're at an awards ceremony where they're at different areas of the red carpet, and they're just talking to various passerbys who, of the, the dregs of humanity that you see <laughs> at 3 a.m. on Halloween night. Uh, dregs of humanity. Yes, yeah. There's uh, a drunk guy in an inflatable dinosaur costume. Uh, Chloe as a wasted white girl who can't find her Uber. Uh, yeah, and it basically goes through all the tropes of people you see in Halloween costumes. Uh, you know, like what the guy who has a costume that is upset that no one gets it. That's like so yeah. intricate. And it had uh, Devin Walker, the new guy, in a tuxedo with a uh, a black hand across his face. And he's supposed to be... Uh, Chris Rock getting slapped by Will Smith. It's, yeah. 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 No one got that. Uh, I mean, I got it. I got it. I, got I don't think it. it's that great, but I got it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we had we had uh, Molly as a drunk, uh, drunk, dirty explorer, mm-hmm. uh, guy in a group costume who lost the rest of his group. Uh, yeah, that was Bowen, who is the cop from the village people, and he was like, "Yeah, I can't find the other guys, and now everyone thinks I'm a real cop." And yeah, uh, uh, Jack Carlo yeah. was a frat guy dressed as a giant tampon. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Marcelo was a guy who really wants you to ask about his costume, and yeah. he has a T-shirt that says he's the scariest thing in the world, and on the, the back, patriarchy. Yeah, get it? Want to make out? Yeah. Yeah, and and Cecily is like, "Well, I'm guessing you thought this was going to get you laid," and and she's like, "Has it?" And he says, "No, but the night is young," <laughs> um, and she just goes, "Hard pass." Yeah, uh, that was cute, and and I like towards the end we had uh, James Austin Johnson as a sober middle aged man just trying to walk his dog. <laughs> People live here. Go home. <laughs> And then we had uh, uh, Keenan as like the father who took his child out last minute, like it three in the morning because yeah. his ex-wife dumped him on him. So, yeah. Yeah, and a child dressed as a Chipotle bag. Yeah. Uh, this was okay. I didn't think it was great. I thought, I think the performances elevated it. Yeah, I thought it was okay. It was mostly, I felt like they were just kind of just bringing out tropes of Halloween costume, but didn't have too many jokes or like strong enough jokes to sort of go with it to carry it out. It's like, oh, yeah, and we have this guy who you see at Halloween every year. And this person you see at Halloween every year. Yeah. And this person. It's, you know, it was just like kind of rapid fire tropes of Halloween costumes, but not the jokes in between that I thought weren't super strong. 
I think it was decent, uh, but it didn't really rise above that. Uh, it, it was fine. It passed the time agreeably. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Passed the yeah. time agreeably. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, AA meeting. AA meeting. This is uh, Jack Harlow and a group of folks at a 12-step meeting. Um, and the, the, the group leader, Bowen, asks... Uh, Jack to speak because he's been attending for a while, hasn't spoken yet. And then he starts pitching a Pixar movie about talking luggage. Yeah. Um, weird turn. Weird turn. I will give you that. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like basically he's talking about he, you know, the uh, the person running the AA groups. I got we'd like you to share. And he says, OK, I'll share. Uh, I have a great idea for a Pixar movie. It's about this lost uh, suitcase at an airport who's looking for his family. And then, of course, as everybody else in the uh, group tries to maybe talk about their alcohol addiction, they all get sucked into wanting to know more about it. Yeah. Uh, he has uh, some mocked-up artwork. He just pulled out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, their, their zippers are mouths. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I liked how everyone else in the group got immediately caught up in it. Um, right. That was, that was kind of cool. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really notice this until like the second time I, I, uh, watched the sketch was when he's in the middle of this whole spiel about this whole big movie pitch. And he's like, oh, and maybe we can have this character who does this thing. Uh, he just, he just says as an aside, I drank recently, by the way. (laughs) I thought that was, I thought that was hilarious. I thought that that was hilarious. Uh, I will say Jack Harlow threw that line away beautifully. That was wonderful. That was, that was his moment of the night. Yes, um, that was, that was great. And that was one of the funniest moments of the sketch. I also liked uh, Cecily as the froggy voiced lady in the Garfield shirt who is just like, what about the song? What's the big song? And then, of course, everyone starts singing the song. Yeah, like uh, somebody wheels out a keyboard out of, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, then everybody gets into the idea of this Pixar movie he has. And mm-hmm. then they're like, well, like, who do we get to play the lead? Who do we get to play... Who's going to be yeah. the Woody of this yeah. Pixar movie? And, and, but, but wait, wait, you're 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 skipping over when they do the song. They did, the, and SNL loves this gag. Is they like somebody starting a random song and then everybody just joins in perfectly. They oh, like, right. They like that, and so they they all start singing the song "Pack Yourself with Love." Yeah, they all know the words immediately to this song. This person just made up on the spot just now. Exactly, exactly. Which which I always like that. That was cute. And then and then they're saying, yeah, who's the lead? Who's the Woody? Walking through the door. America's dad himself. Mm-hmm. Mr. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Did, Tom Hanks. Did not see this coming. Gratuitous Tom Hanks cameo. I I guess he lives in the city. Um Tom Hanks lives within all of us. He lives here. He lives. There. <laughs> That's true. It just Tom, the Tom Hanks in everybody's heart just emerged. They were like, "Who who could we have be in the sketch?" Um, and it was at this point, I realized, okay, we we've, we've got some ringers on the show. I think yeah. I think the show maybe didn't have a whole lot of confidence in Jack Harlow as a host, so I was like, "Let's get some ringers in here." Yeah, I kind of felt that way too. Like, I mean, as we go, as we'll go on, you will talk more about it but yeah part of me feels like the show is like hmm i don't know about this let's maybe do let's pad this show a little bit with some uh some more established uh folks 
And yeah, it yeah. felt like a very conscious choice. They were yeah, like, okay, it's... he's he's not the strongest. He needs some help. Let's let's just bask in the Tom Hanks love for a few minutes. And yeah, I mean, I think, back. I mean, I think it's very interesting that like people are still talking about this episode, so, but it's not because of the host. Because... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tom Hanks comes on, he gets like a thirty-second applause break. I didn't time it. I'm just guesstimating, but right. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I mean Tom Hanks of course plays his part beautifully because you know he's he's freaking Tom Hanks. Yeah, I think they ask him like for a catchphrase for um you know a luggage trying to find his family, and mm-hmm. he comes up with oh that really snags my zipper. They yeah. love it. They all sing the song that Cecily uh, just created. We see these mm-hmm. uh, suitcase puppets come out of nowhere. Yeah. In the front, which I got to Yeah, I, I kind of wish they didn't pull back to show the people working the suitcase puppets. I think it would have been funnier if they didn't break the, the reality at the end of the sketch. But Yeah, that's true. But I like seeing the puppets come out of nowhere. It kind of reminded me of something from the state or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's funny enough itself. I, I really didn't need to see the people working the puppets. Right. Uh, but yeah, overall, I like this sketch. Like, I, I was a little worried about it in the beginning, but as it went on... And, uh, you know, the absurdity kind of took over. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. And, of course, I'm a sucker I'm a sucker for a puppet. I love it's – the, it's the only reason I watched, uh, you know, Wayland Flowers and Madam. I, I love a good puppet. So, like, when the puppets came out at the end, I was like, all right, I like this sketch. <laughs> yeah, uh, th- this this was a decent sketch. I, I enjoyed the uh, – I, I enjoyed the bizarre turn. I liked the surrealness of it. Um, I liked that they, they made all the people in the AA meeting look as bizarre as possible. Like Keenan has this weirdly shaped afro um, and and Cecily's look was just magnificent. You know, yeah, she, she had, had like curly wig and the Garfield shirt. And yeah. Yeah. She had like this big frizzy hair. It was yeah. uh, it was it was and, a choice. And, and she was just this very froggy voiced woman. I mean, it, it was great character work in there. So. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, not not a bad sketch. Yeah, close to it. So uh, next we have another pre-tape a horror movie trailer. Uh, this is just a bunch of Democrats becoming terrified that Biden is going to run again for twenty twenty four, and he's he's too old and he's not the ideal candidate. So yeah, so, um, basically it's played like a horror movie. Them realizing that the elections are on their way and Biden is saying he's going to re, you know, he's going to run again in 2024, which scares everybody because in 2024, he'll be 81 years old. Mm-hmm. So they try to think who they, do the Democrats have anybody that could beat him? And then of course, this, you know, that I, I will admit that like Chloe did some good acting here where people say, well, what about Cory Booker? It's like, he's too corny. And then say, well, what about Mayor, Mayor Pete? And then he like slaps a uh, bow and she's like, do you hear yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then of course it becomes all the horror movie tropes, like uh, there's blood on the walls, but it reads Bernie. Uh, yeah. There's a Beto 2024 flyer that slipped through somebody's door. Everybody screams in terror. And um, I think at one point, uh, Mikey Day is, seems to be possessed by some devil saying, or some demon saying like, oh, I know a good, somebody who could run and Hillary. And of course his eyes are black and yeah. uh, he chants, I'm with her, I'm with her. And uh, whoo, yeah, it's 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 a lot. Yeah, I liked I liked uh, Bernie's name appearing in blood on the walls. Um, 
got to say, as a Democrat, it bugged me a little bit that Elizabeth Warren's name wasn't even mentioned as a viable mm. candidate, but okay. Um, yeah, remember, every, we were all about her back in uh, a couple years ago, and now, not a peep. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Don't, don't don't get me started. I mean, I look if she runs again, I will support her again because agreed. Yeah, I mean, she. I I I thought I'm going to go on a tangent here, but you know, I I thought she was great because you know, every time somebody asked her, she was like, you know, we should do X Y Z. And they'd be like, well, how should we do that? She's like, well, I have a plan for that. We should do this and this and this and this. And she would get specific. She doesn't just utter vague platitudes. She's 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 on top of shit. Okay. Yeah. It's it's weird how people kind of saw that and like maybe they saw like the uh, like the Tracy Flick in her as like, oh, she's prepared and she knows what's to do. Yeah. Ugh, what a nerd. I don't understand why so many people find competence unappealing in politics. It, it, it just boggles my mind. I was like, I want the president to be smarter than me. I want the president to be more on top of shit than me. I want yes. I want the president to be on top of all this shit so I don't have to worry about it. This shouldn't be a controversial take. If my car breaks down, I want to take it to somebody who's worked on cars before. Why exactly. Is like, I don't want to go to, I don't want to take it to somebody who, who's like, you know, who's never worked in a car, but you know, likes to work from his gut. Yeah. And who's been talking for 10, 20 years about how no mechanic knows what they're doing and how they'll go in and instantly better be better than any other mechanic. Yeah, exactly. Through magic, I guess. I don't like, have you been putting your gas in the gas tank? That's not where that's, that's what big auto wants you to do. You should put your gas in the exhaust pipe. Cause that's, I I don't And then stick it up your asshole. And, I mean, <laughs> keep firing, assholes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I I thought this was cute. It was it, it was all right. And it was showing what I think is a bit of a genuine concern for Democrats right now, because it's like, well, is, is lovable grandpa going to run again? Is he is he everything that we want him to be? And, and they did point out, oh, well, you know, Biden's done a lot of good. And yes. You know, and then and then like Mikey just goes, but he fell off his bike that one time. Yeah, and that's the only thing people remember. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I I I did like this sketch, but I think I feel the same way you do. Like it's a little too real, and I couldn't yeah. like laugh at it f- fully because it does kind of play on a lot of the fears I have for the upcoming election. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've let tried not to think of funnier it. in retrospect. Let me let me see how the midterms go. <laughs> yeah, I find this sketch. Well, and also, it's a little disingenuous for the show to, like, make fun of people, you know, with the, you know, but he fell off his bike that one time when, like, you you still get so many jokes and update about how, like, about Biden not being all there. And yeah, I feel like those are largely unfounded, too. But yeah, I mean, I think they do that to sort of be maybe bipartisan where they're like, Oh, we yeah. make, we make fun of Republicans and Democrats the same. Yeah. But, but, I guess they're trying to both sides it. it. It still bugs me. Cause it's just like, well, you know, it's, it's cool to make fun of him, make fun of him for real shit though. Don't, yeah. Don't make fun of him for Republican talking points, you know, here, here anyway, anyway. Okay. And I went on more of a rant than I intended <laughs> to, but now I'm, I'm just whatever. going off on a rant here. Chat. Yeah. Yeah, got a little, still got a little Dennis Miller, residual Dennis Miller from last week's Bordello of Blood marathon. <laughs> yeah, that, 
That movie was more crazier than a Carpathian gulag in uh, in (laughs) Transylvania. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Next next up, uh, Bartenders. Bartenders. Uh, Bowen and Jack Harlow is bartenders who... What was the point of this? I I didn't get this. (laughs) Explain the sketch to me, Darren. Uh, I'm at a loss. I look. I. I what I, was I, this? I agree. What was this? Seriously, I agree with you. It's just, just hit you. Just, you just said what we're all thinking. Uh, so yeah. So basically, it's um, Bowen and Jack Harlow as bartenders that come to the table of these of these two couples having dinner. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it's a thing now where. Bartenders come to your table and make the drinks in front of you. I guess like like Benny Hanna Is style. It? I, okay, I, I don't guess. know. I mean, and uh, so yeah, you're eating out. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, fancy people. They don't order their food for, through the drive-through. They go in a restaurant. <laughs> okay. All Love right. Duck. I guess this is a thing in you know fancy pants New York. I I guess so. I guess so. And you're making that SNL money. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and they're doing, they're trying to do like the fancy cocktail moves, but none of the liquid is making it in the glasses and they're, they're breaking stuff and yeah, uh, but they're real cocky and they do dances to, uh, what was the song? What was the song they were dancing to? Uh, I genuinely have no idea. It, I, I, okay. I thought it was like some, you know, some generic, you know, you know, TikTok hip hop pop song. Yeah. I, I think it was like an actual I thought one. you might know. I was just, no. I was just wondering. I'm not that hip. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you're hipper than me, so I thought I thought you might have a clue, but nope. Nope, not at all. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, not not really funny. Yeah, it's it's the premise was pretty thin on this one, and like the fact that you didn't understand what was going on, I think, says quite a bit. Because like I, it was the same thing where like I was trying to follow it, and I was like, all right, so they're making these two inept bartenders making drinks for uh this couple and they're doing all these dance moves and gyrations and yeah, then i like, mean i i get it i just i just didn't i just thought it was a whole lot of nothing really yeah and uh and then i think at the end it's revealed that the bartenders actually served this particular couples before and like the couple didn't like the drinks they served last time which lit a fire under them so they wanted to come back and prove that they've improved as bartenders but they haven't the end. Yeah, I I think my attention is kind of wandered by that point. I don't really <laughs> remember that. Yeah, I mean, usually yeah. I like Bowen. I like he can usually yeah. save a sketch, but yeah, this one was like, uh, it's a it's a very thin premise, and it, it all kind of hinges on like the dance moves and them yeah. throwing drinks everywhere and smashing glasses. And I was like, hmm, yeah, this yeah. this needs more. This needs more. It's yeah. I just uh, I I didn't write much about this. I just yeah. Me neither. Me neither. I I wrote I wrote bartenders restaurant Bowen and Jack Harlow as waiters had no other notes. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. And the whole rest of it, I was just kind of like, what? <laughs> Pretty much as it's it, it was a kind of a sloppy sketch and not. Not too yeah, much. In every there. sense of the word. A lot of spilled drinks, a lot of broken yeah. glass. Yes. Broken glass everywhere. 
And yeah, yeah it, it wasn't there wasn't much to talk about with this sketch. It was definitely kind of nope. All right, nope. next. Yeah. Next, next we had our host musical guest uh, Jack Harlow doing his Jack Harlow stuff, and he did he did uh, two numbers. Uh, first, he did a little secret in first class, and then he did State Fair. Yeah, uh, these were definitely performances. And he was... he definitely performed for approximately four minutes each time. Music and... music was played. Music was played the second time he had sort of a disco thing going on with a light up floor and a white suit and uh, yeah, um, I don't know. He did a little. I, I don't really like his music. What I, I can't really say much more than that. Yeah, they were kind of they're pretty forgettable. Uh, yeah. I think like the second one, State Fair, he did like some weird, awkward kind of dance. I, I think the mm. fact he was just he was just so low energy throughout yeah. all of this. Like he needed to wake up or something like yeah i just i just don't get it the jack harlow train has left me at the station yeah um i mean like i I feel like especially the second performance at state fair like i mean i guess that was like a slower song so he's supposed to be a little bit more low-key but at one point i'm well mission accomplished (laughs) (laughs) that's his lane but i think at one point he was like yo snl where you at let me let me hear you like he was trying to get the energy up but yeah. without actually like doing anything performative to get the energy if, up. Yeah, if you're gonna do that, you you need to be giving us a banger. Uh, yeah, and I don't know, I I couldn't hum either one of these. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, well, one if of you them, put a gun to my head. Yeah, I mean, the one first class they sampled the, that Fergie song, uh, I believe, glamorous. So that has like a oh. more memorable thing to it. Okay, but, I, I can't say I noticed that. So yeah, yeah, he sampled Fergie, but yeah, for the most part, it's he seems like he seems like he really wasn't that into his own music, which I don't understand as an artist. Well, like, I, you know, hard agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just kind of like slowly dancing, like oh, oh yeah, all right. I yeah, both these performances I thought were pretty uh, mid, as the kids say. Yeah, eh. yeah, it just meh, 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 meh. Uh, meh. We are the nights that go meh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Weekend update. Weekend update. What Colin Joe's? Colin Joe's. Michael Che. Michael Che. You know the deal. You know the deal. Michael Che. They're, they're going to come out. They're going to make jokes about the news and what stuff. Oh wow. Yep. Different. Uh, we're talking about some news stories that happened in the week. Uh, uh, they, hit, they hit on uh, the the debate between Dr. Oz and his appointment uh, his opponent uh, Fetterman, and they made they made some jokes about Fetterman's recent stroke, which I don't think that's a good look, you know. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that made me feel a little like, Ooh. yeah. Like I'm all for I can I'm all for edgy jokes, but like sometimes it feels like. That felt like more of like a low blow. It really did. Show. It really did. And I didn't feel like it was really funny enough to justify yeah. going there. Absolutely. You know, like if you have a great, look, if you have a great, brilliant joke that relies on making fun of him for having a stroke, I mean, it, it needs to be a killer joke. Absolutely. And this, uh, I just thought was kind of weak tea. And I was just yeah. like, really? You're doing, yeah. you're going there and you're, uh, it was just not a, not a great look. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Che did have some stronger jokes. 
Like, uh, we was talking about the Ruth Bader Ginsburg stamp and how mm-hmm. Clarence Thomas also has a stamp where on the front it says, uh, flip me over and start licking. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, complete with a graphic. Uh, I think that worked. There was one joke. Again, this is kind of a low blow, but God help me, I laughed. He, he talked about how there was a hijacked bus that immediately ran into a post. And he says, okay, so we know the driver was a woman. It was so unexpected. I, I laughed. I'm yeah. not. I'm not really proud that I laughed, but <laughs> God damn it, it was funny. Yes. I mean, like, yeah, we here at the SNL Nerds, we love women. You're all, you're all fantastic, but you know, so that was well, most of you. It, oh you know, ooh, boy, Sheila, okay. you know what you did. Oh um, boy, <laughs> yikes! The gauntlet has been thrown, Sheila. Swipe, swipe right on my boy next time. I'm just, I'm just saying, Sheila, you know what you did. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> I don't even know a Sheila. <laughs> oh, Sheila. It's just a random random name that I pulled out of nowhere. It's a funny name. So, uh, so um, I mean, I like that one joke uh, Colin had where he's talking about all the companies that won't work with Kanye anymore. Uh-huh. And then he's talking about how it seems like other companies are just kind of piling on it. Like, oh, just to, just to have that clout, like Dippin' Dots won't work with Kanye anymore. Uh, TCBY won't work with Kanye yeah. anymore. Uh, you know. That was kind of weird because, like, Colin played it like he was coming up with random company names off the top of his head. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he wasn't because they had graphics. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. It was, I don't, the, the way it was played, it would just seem weird to me. It, it um, seemed like more off the cuff than it actually yeah. was. I don't, I, I didn't, yeah, that did kind of throw me for a bit. It was like, oh, all right. And like I, yeah. I, when he's talking about TCBY, they were talking about how they would no longer hold their new ice cream flavor, Watch the Cone, and their flavor, uh, Nougats and Pretzels, which if you know about Watch the Throne and the uh, song Kanye did with Jay-Z, N-Words in Paris, that's a... Which funny. I do not. Oh, okay. Well, if you know that... I would, then... I would just like to make that clear. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the Nougats and Pretzels uh, was totally lost on me. That, that that joke was for all the uh, Watch the Throne fans. Okay. Like, yeah, but uh, I thought that wasn't bad. I was like, oh, okay. Nougats and pretzels. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. And, I uh, did not see what you okay. did there. So, <laughs> uh, so 50% success rate, guys. <laughs> great success. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then uh, towards the end, we had a bit of a surprise. This I did not see coming at all. I, I did not expect this. I did not see it coming. We had uh, Mr. Bobby Moynihan, former cast member, formerly of Mr. Mayor with Mr. Ted Danson, uh, comes back as Drunk Uncle. Woo! Woo! What a shocker. That's, it's, it's always amazing Like whenever an old cast member comes back, uh, and they bring back one of their characters, even if it wasn't like a super beloved character. And I don't, I don't feel like Drunk Uncle really like broke through to that. Um, next, I mean, he wasn't. I think I think he was well regarded, but I don't feel like he was. He was it wasn't like a Stefan. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Stefan was like a. He, he took off like a rocket ship. Stefan was like a phenomenon, and I feel like you know, Drunk Uncle. He was a good, reliable character, but you know, people were. People are just always so thrilled to see one of the old things yeah. <laughs> that they just go nuts. So that they were just so happy to see Bobby Moynihan. They were so happy to see Drunk Uncle. Uh, and that, yeah. that was that was fun to see. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I've always said Bobby Moynihan is I, he's he's one of those underrated SNL cast member who's like he 
during his tenure on the show, he was always, he was always on, he was just, he was just there. He was like always mm-hmm. on time. Like he, he knew his stuff. He, always, <laughs> he was punctual. He was a he was very punctual, punctual cast member. <laughs> he was never tardy. Uh, no, I mean, he, he, he had a perfect attendance record. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel tardy, but <laughs> got it made. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, See, I, that, that I got. That there I got. you go. See, now you Kanye, can. whoosh, over my head. Uh, <laughs> oh. 1984 Van Halen. Yes, I am there with you. <laughs> I brought my pencil. Get in, Waldo. <laughs> oh God. Oh. Uh, okay. Quick aside. One of my favorite things ever. You remember Pop Up Video, right? The, the show on VH1 where they did the little uh, info graphic things during that video. One time they did Van Halen's Hot for Teacher, and if you haven't seen the video, it's it's basically like a bunch of twelve year old kids, and their school becomes a strip club, and all the all the teachers like stripped down to bikinis or, or whatever, I think. And <laughs> they had a little infographic that said like, uh, they, they had, uh, parents or, or, or supervisors with them to make sure that the children weren't exploited. And then they have one of the women coming out in a bikini and it just says, no one was there to make sure the women weren't exploited. <laughs> <laughs> Tip of the hat, pop up video. Mm. Tip of the hat. <laughs> Uh, I love very funny. Love, I miss that show. They should bring that show back. I would watch that. I show. I would love. I was a huge fan of Pop Up Video, and I really wish they would bring it back. You, you can't even find many of them on YouTube. Every once in a while, I get the urge. I'm like, I want to. I want to see the Pop Up Video on on Weezer's The Sweater Song, and no, nope. oh, damn it. Maybe they're on DVD or something. Or I don't know. There there yeah. should be more of a presence of Pop Up Video out there in in the. In the internet's somewhere. Right. Uh, listeners, everybody knows we can find copies of Pop Up Video. Let us know. Let us know. I miss that show. Yeah, we'll we'll pay we pay you handsomely. Yeah, it was it was the cinema sins of its time. Ooh, cinema sins. Nice deep cut. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so Bobby Goodham back as Drunk Uncle talking about Halloween. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I always thought he was super underrated, and he he always delivered. That's what I've been tr- yeah. always trying to say. So like to yes. see him come back and punctual, yes, and punctual, never always, never tardy, and uh, yes. so, so to see him come back and deliver, it just, it just felt like a warm blanket. I was like, ah, oh, Bobby, I yeah. like it. This is great. Yeah, I, I yeah, got a kick out of the familiar. Yeah, uh, you know, like there were, of course, it's just drunk uncles, just basically Bobby hamming it up, just saying mm-hmm. saying random things, like you know, Tom yeah. was too good for Giselle. Um, yes. I, I liked at one point he like dozed off and then he sort of wakes up and he just goes, I was in on January 6th. Yeah. Um, I like that one. That was very funny. Yeah. I like yeah. that one point where he like, he literally just grabs Colin by the, by the jack and is like, the whole country's falling apart, Colin. Like he yeah. just grabs yeah. him and pulls him in. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And it, I, it was funny at one point he does call Colin Seth. Which I thought was oh god, did he really? Yeah, I think I missed that. Like, That's very funny. I think the audience caught it, and they like. I don't know if he did it like in character as drunk uncle, or he did it like mistakenly calling just him muscle memory. Yeah, because like when he calls him Seth, the audience laughs out loud, and then he says, "Why? What happened? What I do?" So I, yeah. I don't know if he did that on purpose or with an accident. Either way, I wonder. I wonder if that was something in rehearsal, or he just sprung it on for the night of the performance just to take Colin by surprise. Uh, that's, oh, yeah. Either that's way, funny. calling calling yeah. Colin Seth, hilarious. 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 Um, 
I also liked him, him saying Black Adams Matter. I mean, it's it's about time somebody said it. That's right. They do. He does. <laughs> he does. Have you seen that movie? Uh, I have not. Um, no, I'm, I'm basically waiting for it to hit HBO Max. Yeah, Sam. I've heard from people saying it's okay. It's pretty paint by numbers. They're not yeah. really reinventing the wheel. It's meh. And I, I also like kind of had the ending spoiled for me. I, I heard the big tease at the uh, the post. Oh, oh, yeah, no, yeah, I heard all about that. Uh, yeah, so like trying, so yeah, and like you know, I, I saw the trailers. The trailers didn't wow me, so I'm like, yeah, I'll maybe I'll yeah, I'll hold yeah. off on that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll check it out eventually. Yeah, and listeners, we'll let you know what we think when it comes out on HBO Max. Yeah, that, that's our plan. Yeah, that's our plan. Uh, but yeah, overall, not a bad weekend update. Had some solid jokes in there, yeah. some not great jokes, and I mean, my God, it's always fun to see Bobby Moynihan come back and it was do his it thing. was fun to see Bobby Moynihan come back. That was a pleasant surprise. And then, like during the commercial break, you know, they did that thing where they show the little flash of the next set, and then I was like, oh shit, I think they're doing a David S. Pumpkin sketch. Mm. I saw that set and it was like the right configuration for, you know, we had the elevator doors. We had like a car that people could sit in. I was like, this is looking very David S. Pumpkins because it's kind of a Halloween motif. And I was like, wait, Tom Hanks is in the building. Bobby Moynihan's in the building. We are definitely getting a David S. Pumpkin sketch. See, I see. I watched this on Peacock. And like uh-huh. I don't think Peacock has those little. They did, yeah, they didn't show that little bit. I watched. I watched it live last night, baby. Yeah, so, nice. Yeah, I but, got that. I I figured it out like a full minute before it happened. Yeah. So like when I saw it, they had the uh, the exterior shot of the of the ride, the Halloween ride. Yeah. And then that's when it clicked for me. It's like, wait a minute. Right. Uh, Tom Hanks is in the building. Mikey Day's in the building. Uh, yeah. Bobby's in the building. Yeah, Bobby's in the building. It's going down. It's going down. It's going down. Shit is going down. After six years, we are we are doing the David S. Pumpkins again. And um, sure enough, we get the. It was it was fine. It was basically just the same sketch again. Uh, uh, yeah, like I actually went back and watched the the first because and this so is did a, I. It and, is like beat for beat the same sketch, man. Yeah, and but yeah, and that's another thing that I'm still marvelled by. This is the this is only the second time they've done this sketch. Yet right. like this David S. Pumpkins character is like so beloved. Like it's really weird how it just immediately took off like after just one airing. After one yeah, sketch. Yeah, it was yeah, this I still don't entirely get the whole David S. Pumpkins phenomenon because I thought I thought it was fine for what it was, but I don't think it's the end all be all sketch. I don't know even know if I thought it was the funniest sketch of that night when they did it the first time. Uh, it's, I mean, it's certainly the most memorable and the most memeable of the night. It is memorable. And I mean, but yeah, it became a thing to the point that they did an animated special, which I still think is just so weird. It's like this sketch, this sketch aired once. <laughs> it's getting a cartoon. It aired once and it is. And I tweeted this from the SNL nerds account a little while ago. Uh, it's basically a rewrite of the FBI training sketch with uh, Larry David as Kevin Roberts. It really is. But I went back and rewatched that. It is. That is more or less the same sketch. Um, he's, he's even in an orange suit. He even dances a bit. Um, it is, it is the same sketch and nobody remembers 
Kevin Roberts, but mm. everybody went apeshit for David S. Pumpkins, and I still don't entirely get it. This is Kevin Roberts erasure. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. I just I I want Kevin Roberts to get the credit that he is due. Justice um, for Kevin Roberts. Justice hashtag justice for Kevin Roberts. Right. Uh, uh, I did like the line where you know, of course, the the guests they're questioning why David S. Pumpkins is there, and I like how Keenan just goes. Well, we spent a lot of money on Pennywise and Freddy Krueger, and so we had to make up that shortfall somewhere. I like that this time we had more of a justification for David S. Pumpkins. Yeah, that made more sense. We learned more about him, like how he's from Ibiza, which is yeah. it's kind of random. And then yeah. in, instead of any questions, he says, preguntas, which was a nice little yeah. change. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was fine. Tom Hanks and the guys played it well. Yeah. You know, doesn't it, you know what, like watching this again, I was like, doesn't it seem like Bobby Moynihan and Mikey Day should have been in different casts? I, it's weird to me to think that they had an overlap because oh. in my head, they seem like two different eras of the show, you know? Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, I'd forgotten that the two of them were on the show at the same time before. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. You don't really think of them working together, but obviously they did because they were both in David S. Pumpkins, but yeah, yeah. It, it does feel like they were both of different eras. So, but I guess yeah, the way it worked out is they just overlapped. I mean, Kate McKinnon was there. She was in the original sketch. So she was in the original. Uh, yeah. Beck Bennett was in it. Um, uh, Leslie Jones is in it. Um, Kyle, and a yeah. few other folks I'm, not, I'm forgetting on right now. But, uh, yeah. 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 Oh, uh, I think Vanessa Bayer was in the original, too. Vanessa Bayer is in the original, so she, that's going back a little ways. That seems like she left the show a while back. Yeah, that surprised me, too. I was like, oh, Vanessa was still there? Huh. Yeah, again, seems like she should be a different era. But, no. you know, it's it's such a... The, the transitions being what they are. It's, <laughs> but I'm just like... Wow, it seems like Bobby Moynihan should have been on the show like ten years before Mikey Day, and I can't remember how long Bobby was actually on the show. But I guess it was the tail end of Bobby's tenure and towards the beginning of Mikey's. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, but yeah, overall, I thought the sketch was okay. I think it, you know, leans pretty heavily on uh, nostalgia. Like I think as soon as yeah. as soon as the people saw, uh, you know, David S. Pumpkins and the two skeletons, like there was thunderous applause, like. Mm-hmm. It was like Prince came yeah. into the room or something. It was pretty bonkers. Yeah, people people are thrilled. And by the way, I could totally see Prince wearing the David S. Pumpkins suit. Yes, I'm David S. Pumpkins. I, I could totally see that. And now I want Fred Armisen to come back so he can wear the David S. Pumpkins suit as Prince. Oh, um, uh, that's a dream. Yeah, I mean, all right. So uh, Bobby Moynihan was on the show from 2008 to mm-hmm. 2017. Okay. Well, that's a good long time. Good long Jeez. time. Yeah. Nine I'd, years. I'd, wow. I didn't even realize that till now. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And so, and Mikey's been on the show, well, at least six years, I know. Yeah, I think I think he's closing on seven. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay, you know, what, another weird thing. Because, because of this, I, I went back, like you, I went back and I looked at the original David S. Pumpkin sketch. Okay. And that's still on SNL's YouTube account, of course. And it says that that's from six years ago. And then I looked at the Kevin Roberts sketch and it's a, YouTube says that's from five years ago, but the, the, the Kevin Roberts sketch aired 
February 6, 2016. And then David S. Pumpkins uh, ran that uh, October, October 22nd, 2016. Hmm. So I don't know. I feel like now there's a conspiracy afoot to make it look like David S. Pumpkins preceded Kevin Roberts. And I will not have it. This I is, will not have this rewriting of history, SNL. This is Kevin Roberts erasure. This, this goes all the way to the top. It is Kevin Roberts erasure, and it is not right. Like, listeners, if you're listening right now, you don't hear this episode. It's Just just know it's because we, we're being silenced by, uh, I don't want to say Lorne, but somebody doesn't want you people by to know. By Big David S. Pumpkins. Yes. Some people doesn't, yeah. don't. Some people don't want you to know about... Kevin Roberts and how he's being erased from history. Right. You think yeah. about the that. The truth is out there. Darren and I, we are Kevin Roberts truthers. That's right. <laughs> exactly. We're like the lone gunman in uh, X-Files. Yeah. We want to see David S. Pumpkin's long-form birth certificate. That's right. Where mm-hmm. was he born? Yeah. I mean, he says Ibiza. Is that true? Yeah. I don't know. Is that true? Yeah, I don't know. But I bet I bet his birth certificate just has the name Kevin Roberts scribbled out and then David S. Pumpkins hastily written in above. This goes all the way to the top. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And uh anyway, so they did that sketch again. Yes. <laughs> and uh so our final sketch, ten to one. We got the view happening here. The view. Uh this is it's weird to think the view has been on for so freaking long, but it's been on since like the late nineties, I think. I remember them making doing sketches of the view when like Tracy Morgan was in the cast. So that's right. Yeah, Tracy Morgan was like uh, Star Jones. Not, Star Jones. Yeah, I was like not Sherry Shepard, the woman who was on before Sherry Shepard. What was her? Yeah, Star Jones. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that now. That's how long yeah, and, the and view has been. Terry was Barbara Walters, and yeah, this is. We've had a few generations of guests periodically come back to the view to do the view. And, and it is kind of a perennial thing now because the view has had a lot of cast turnover. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This sketch, I was like, I wasn't wild about this sketch at all. It, it, uh, neither was I, neither was I. Um, it like, and so it's basically, so we have ego as Whoopi. We have Sarah Sherman as uh, joy Behar. And I'm fun to see here is Joy Behar, and we have Chloe and Punky as the other two. Yeah, but they don't even get much to do in this sketch. And well, then, they don't. I mean, I don't. I certainly didn't. Couldn't name either one of those women <laughs> off the top of my head. So yeah, I think it was good choice for the sketch to de-emphasize yeah. that. Woman one and woman two. And then, uh, and, and Jack Harlow is playing himself, and he is just hitting on Whoopi Goldberg throughout. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. It's all like, yo, Whoopi, you a you a legend. Yo, was yo, I, yo, can we get together? What's what's good, ma? It's all it's, yeah. It's all and that. she's like, no, I've been closed for business since I I forget how long she said. And he says, well, I'm looking forward to the grand reopening. Like I said, major douchey vibes. Yeah, it's a lot of the that. way they write him in the sketch. Major douche. I don't. He's like, yeah, creepy as hell. <laughs> yeah, and like that's pretty much the sketch. Like it, then it cuts to uh Whoopi and Joy Behar kind of having a back and forth, kind of talking over each other. And then it just cuts to Jack trying to sleep with uh Whoopi Goldberg. Like, yo, let me yo, what's good, Whoopi? Yo, let me get inside your dusty cave with my snake or and shit like this. Yeah. And uh, and then 
Whoopi's weird. Whoopi saying no thanks. The only MC I need are my cats and my cigarettes. Yeah, I yeah exactly. I, I was like, oh, I did. I don't know where this sketch was coming from. It's it's the joke that Jack Harlow is a major perv. Is it just the incongruity of him and Whoopi Goldberg hooking up? Yeah, because I guess it's funny to try to hook up with old people. And I, I'm, I don't know. I just, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Yeah, no, this sketch was, I was like, where is this going? What's the point of this? I, yeah. This, what is, what is happening here? What, what is sketch? I don't, yeah. What is it's, sketch? Yeah. I, it's such a weird note to end the evening on. Yeah. Weak note. And it was just, yeah. I mean, it seemed like the audience liked it because it seemed like the audience was filled with uh, Jack Hollow, Harlow, Harlow Maniacs or Hollow Act. Yeah, I mean, Michaela brought all her people. Sure, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So. so they were like, ooh, Jack Harlow's hitting on Whoopi. Ah, that's crazy. It's still, uh, yeah, it's still pretty good. He says, what do you want to say now with the entire world uh, watching? And she says, big Jack Harlow fan. So that's the thing she wants everyone to know. Yeah, that was... That was such an odd moment. It was just like <laughs> such an odd moment. I mean, I I feel like she would have gone on and said something more substantial if he like kept the mic in her face. But like, why even do that? Yeah, like I mean, I okay. I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with like you know talking to your fans, but like I'm sure, like if your fans are kind of don't have much to say or don't know what to say, then you have to jump in with some funny yeah, aside. You got you got to bring the thunder. Yeah, show some um, uh, charisma. Show some that you're quick witted. You know, something like that. Something yeah. to keep the momentum going and to lift the show up. You know, like a host would do. And uh, <laughs> now it's coming out. Now uh, now the venom's coming out. Uh, yeah. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting <laughs> over an hour for this. Yeah. Like, now, now, now we're dishing the dirt. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and like you know, be, you know, be like energetic. You know, set the tone like a, like a host. Yeah, and he yes. just didn't feel the hate inside you. Come <laughs> to the dark side. <laughs> yes, yes, the darkness is involved. <laughs> yes, my precious. <laughs> oh, God. But feel the hate flow through you. Oh, God. Feel the power of the dark side. <laughs> I'll never join the dark side. <laughs> All right, I'm cutting off your hand now. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought as yeah the the view sketch was a super weak sketch to end a show on. Yeah, um, and and like you said earlier, that you feel like this should have been earlier in the show, and the the Joker sketch should have been like the ten to one. Yeah, I mean, just because the Joker sketch had way more ten to one vibes, just because it was just way more, and odd. then it was more weird than funny. Yeah, so like yeah. like even even though I probably would have felt the same way about it. I would have been like, all right, well, at least this feels like it belongs here. I mean, yeah, they're both weak sketches, but yeah, Joker it felt like it could have more comfortably lived there. The Joker. <laughs> Get it? Because the set, no. they say Joker funny, so that's yeah. that's ba- that's enough to base an entire sketch on, John. So, um, overall, what are, what are your thoughts? I I feel like. There were there were some decent things there. I feel like the pre tapes were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think AA meeting was pretty good. Yeah, I do. And and look, I will say, 
Jack Harlow through that line, you know, oh, I drank recently, by the way. And then we see and we see Bowen do a little double take like, wait, what? What? <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish they did. Yeah, I kind of wish yeah. they did more of that. Like they put like they set that sketch at an AA meeting. So like yeah. maybe like come back to that a little bit. Like you you said it in an AA meeting for a reason, maybe. So just it would have it would have been nice to see Bowen try to get the meeting back on track. That might have given the the sketch a little more oomph. But I, but I feel like it was a good sketch as it was. So I feel like there was some good stuff. I feel like the rest wasn't that great. Yeah. And I feel like Jack Harlow was a weak host. Uh yeah, I I totally agree with you. Like as a host, he had his moments. But yeah, but just just moment. moment. Let's be real. Moment. Moment. <laughs> he had moment. <laughs> I, I was trying to be nice. But yeah. He, yeah. He, I mean, can you name a second? Uh no. He hit on Whoopi Goldberg and on Sicily in the promo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And maybe Michaela after the show. I bet I bet he tried to hook up with Michaela after the show. Yeah, he, he tried to see what's up. Like, oh, you you a bit, yeah. you are you a big fan of mine? Oh, yeah, that's chill. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey, you like how I approached you in the monologue? Oh, maybe you maybe you like uh, coming to the after party, girl. What's good? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh. Let's, let's get something cooking. Yeah, what's really um, good. But yeah, I felt the same way. Like he had that one moment, but uh but not a moment a host make. So, yeah, no. for the most part I thought yeah. He was he was a pretty weak host, and uh, mm-hmm. the show overall was yeah pretty pretty middling, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, middling at best. So yeah, uh, yeah, I still, I mean, so far, I still think the the Brendan Gleeson episode was probably the best. Um, yeah, I think I definitely, definitely the best. Miles, Miles Teller the worst. So this this episode is like kind of right in the middle. I mean, maybe slightly better than Megan Thee Stallion. But I'd, I'd have to watch Make It a Sight again to really know. But I would say it's around. I, that I wouldn't subject you to that. No. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Um. Well, those are our thoughts. So uh, let's maybe let's set up our Twitter account. See what our fans. What are, you, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? The great uh, unwashed public. I, that that seems insulting. Why Why did I go there? I yeah. don't know. What's up with that, man? I don't know. What up with I that? Ooh wee! I don't know. I'm I'm waiting for Twitter to come up on my screen, and uh, it's taken a while, so I, okay. I need something to fill the time. All right, well, I got it. So, anyway, anyway, uh, Mikey, our friend Mikey says, "Wow, much like the movie Apollo 13, this episode starred Tom Hanks and made a successful return, but only after dumping a load of unwanted garbage." <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wonderful metaphor, Mikey. Um, Seriously, though, a great episode. Uh, well, then you lost me. Mm. Um, you had me, then favorite, you lost me. Uh, my favorite in a long while. And he spells favorite le- uh, as like a British person. Is, oh. Mike, is Mikey in the UK? Maybe. What the hell? I think so. What the hell? What's going on there? Mikey, okay. you, my you... favorite in a long while. Uh, CO was decent. Please. What is CO? Cold Open. Oh, Cold Open was decent. Pleased to see Cecily back. Uh, so his monologue was good, and most of the sketches had some solid laughs for me. Weekend Update was strong as always. Only ones I thought fell a little flat were the bartenders, agreed, and David Pumpkins, but still better than some of the stuff we've seen recently. Shout out to Jack Harlow, who did well, too. Okay. Um, you you definitely liked it a lot more than I did, and I, I think more than Darren did as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was all right, but yeah, it's definitely yeah. not... 
as uh, yeah, I, I'd say for me the big highlight is you know we we got Cecily back in the cast on a regular basis, and that's, here, that's here. always fun. And I feel like the show really missed her because she was all over the place in this episode. She yeah. was, I don't think there was a sketch she wasn't in. Uh, maybe the View. I don't think he was in that. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Uh -huh. there, was, there was one sketch she wasn't in. I debunked your theory, sir. You did. You did. You put me in my place. Uh, yeah. Oh, so we also got a tweet from a uh, Burtonesque ninety two. Saying, mm. apologizing in advance, uh, say sorry for the two-parter. I don't have many nice things to say about this one, but the headline for me is that this episode found a way to make me disappointed in Tom Hanks and Bobby Moynihan cameos. Wow. I did love seeing them both. I totally enjoyed the return of Drunk Uncle, but dot, 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 the David S. Pumpkins rehash was disheartening from the moment it started. Besides feeling desperate after six years of leaving well enough alone, it seemed like a vote of little confidence in the host calling in a couple ringers. I'd really rather have seen hosting. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd say agreed. Yes, I, I feel like they kind of knew that Jack Harlow wasn't the strongest host, so I do feel like they called in some ringers. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I Tom, Tom Hanks, Bobby Moynihan, Jeff Probst, get in here. Yeah, Jeff Probst. I'm still scratching my head over that. That was, was like, yeah, that was very random. How random was that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, next, our friend uh, Boardman Gets Paid says, Hello from floor 667. So this was a tale of two halves for me. The beginning was all right, but once the Pixar luggage sketch came, we took off. I'm not sure uh, who this Cecily cast member is, <laughs> but she really made an impact on her first show. <laughs> I really appreciate how the new cast members are involved early. Also, Nuggets and Pretzels is my quotes of the season, and we got David S. Crumpkin's crew reunion. Happy Halloween, y'all. All right. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I, I feel like this new Cecily Strong cast member, I feel like she's going to go far. She's, this kid's got moxie. She's going places. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Manette Moratti, our good friend, at Manette M... 97 saying exceeded expectations is the nicest thing I can say about this episode. Also, it was nice to see the cast work as an ensemble compared to discussions people have had about whether or not SNL is trying to find a new star of the show, especially with Cecily back. Um, yeah, I would, yeah. I would say that. Yeah. And like, as far yeah. as the new cast goes, there's no, I don't, I don't think there's anybody that's really like trying to be like the breakout star. I don't think that is a good point. They, well, I mean, I think they're all trying to be. I mean, they're all trying to be. Yeah, yeah, but it's not I don't like think anybody's. Yeah, been a big, big breakout yet. Yeah, I like mean, like no one's like uh you know Kate McKinnon did or Will Ferrell did. Where right. they're like, oh, that person is trying yeah. to be like the. Lead I think singer. they're all acquitting themselves well though, and yeah, it's nice to see. Um, you know, like Molly did really well with her Dora the Explorer thing during the Halloween sketch. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was that was good. I, I feel like they're doing a decent job. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Oh, and, and just to backtrack a little bit to uh, uh, John and Nias, um, yeah, it's totally cool if you make a two-part <laughs> comment on yeah. our tweets. We like lots of comments. We like we like lots of feedback. We like discussion. So yeah, no, yeah, please tell us. Tell us what you think. No apologies needed. Exactly. Uh, and then let's see, lastly, uh, from SNL Lytics, SNL Social Media Analytics, uh, said, I didn't care much for that sketch. Oh, they're, they're, they're commenting on the, uh, the gift that you used on Twitter from the bartender sketch. Yes. You used 
a gif of uh, Bowen and Jack Harlow dancing around, doing a lot of pelvic thrusts. So they say, I didn't care much for that sketch, but seeing how good that gif is makes me wonder how often they write subcar sketches just to have memeable gifs like this to play well out of context. Um, I think there's a very good chance that they do that. <laughs> that's that's an out there theory. That's uh, <laughs> doing a sketch that doesn't do well, intentionally writing a subpar sketch just so that they have a, a memeable gif. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know if they go out their way to make it subpar, but I, I do yeah. feel like because they know this new generation is all about gifts and memes and that's uh-huh. how they sort of ingest media now. So I do that feel seems like that seems like putting the cart before the horse to me, but maybe, maybe I do feel like they put in a few things here and there. It's like, Oh, this will make a great gift that that'll go yeah. viral. Like I, I don't, part of me does feel that like they do. I mean, maybe not, they, maybe they don't do, maybe they do do it consciously, but they, that is in the, in their mind when they write a sketch. I, I can't prove it. It's just, you know, it's a yeah, gut feeling, well, you know what honestly amazes me because like you, you're the one who always does the, the tweet right after the show saying like, well, Hey, that's the episode. And it, there's, and it amazes me. You're always able to get a gif of from the show that we just watched, like within 15 minutes after the show ending. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the reason why I think that because like, if you go, I always get the gifts from a, uh, you know, giphy, giphy.com. And, uh-huh. like, every time I'm on the website, while the show is going on, they put up GIFs on that site, like, as the show is going on. Like, like, like when a sketch is over, like, literally three minutes after that sketch is done, you'll see GIFs of it online. That's amazing to me that somebody every week is watching the show and making GIFs yeah. out of it. Um, yeah, so somebody... that's, that's pretty cool, though. That's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's pretty amazing. So, um, well, next week uh, we have a returning host. Uh, we have Amy Schumer coming back to be the host for the third time, apparently. She's hosted before in 2015 and 2018 and uh, made the odd cameo outside of that. And uh, musical guest Steve Lacey. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Schumer, Amy Schumer's having a bit of a comeback, it feels like. She is. I mean, I know she's going back out on tour. I know she had uh-huh. that show on uh, Hulu, Life After Beth. And I know her uh, show, uh, Inside Amy Schumer, is coming back, or it's already back on uh, Paramount Plus. So, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That that was unexpected news. Um, yeah, yeah. I, her, her show uh, Inside Amy Schumer ran for, I believe, four seasons on Comedy Central. And uh, I watched that back in the day. I got I did get a little sick of her by the end. It was I think like I somewhere somewhere in her thing. It's like it seemed like most of her material pivoted to how tough it was to be Amy Schumer. Yeah, it was weird because like I, when she came out, she kind of exploded onto the scene and uh-huh. she was it was like one of the things where you kind of saw her everywhere she was like all she was like yeah constantly doing shows and she was like the she was like the it girl for a while yeah she was like buddy buddy with jennifer lawrence and partying with her and stuff yeah and, and then she oh, she got her own movie the, with apatow and bill Hader, and yeah. like we, we should we should do train wreck sometime soon yeah no maybe, maybe we should do train wreck in a in a few weeks or yeah sometime soonish yeah no i'll put it on the list on the list. And uh yeah, and it, it seemed like she was just kind of everywhere, but then there was a thing where people kind of if kind of got sick of her and people were like, yeah, 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 fuck Amy Schumer. And like it Yeah, I I definitely 
had a little of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so then I, I think for a while she kind of, she got married, had a kid, she kind of laid low for a while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And now, and now we're kind of back to Amy Schumer. Now we're back. We're back, baby. Yeah. So I, I, I can't really say I'm excited about this. Cause honestly, I, I didn't really stop getting sick of her. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. I'll try to keep an open mind. Yeah, I think, I mean, from what I saw online, it seems like a lot of people are like, oh, Amy Schumer, um, I guess. Like, it doesn't seem like, a, yeah. it doesn't seem like too many people are uh, clamoring for her. You don't see too many people like, awesome, Amy Schumer's hosting, rad. Like, it, it's more like people being yeah. like, okay. Uh, but, like, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it is interesting. Like, um, I mean, the fact that she's also hosted the show twice before, that's good. So it'll be a, you know, return host. So not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It, none of the hosts so far this season have really gotten me like, oh, yes. Oh, I can't wait to see what they do. Um, yeah, agreed. I, I'm, I mean, Brendan Gleeson was a very pleasant surprise. But other than that, I'm just like, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'll have to admit I'm still not I'm not super jazzed about the new season yet, which is which is kind of a drag. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like, uh, it's a bummer. Like, because like I, you know, a couple of episodes ago that we recorded, I was expecting, oh, this is the new season. This is like a fresh take, hot new start. It's gonna be new cast members. We cut, we mm-hmm. you know, a lot of cast members left. This is you know, new opening. This is, this is a new day, new tomorrow, and. um it seems like it's not, you know, the rocket ship isn't taking off as yeah. As we're we're still kind of ramping up. Yeah. Uh, so, but, so yeah, I hope I hope they get into a groove sometime soonish. That would be nice. That, that would be nice because you you, you want to see them kill. Yeah, I, I would love to see not, it. Not actually commit murders, but kill <laughs> in comedy sketches. I want to see them commit homicide. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, okay, maybe some of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's a thing where, yeah, I'm not the past few hosts. I haven't been too jazzed about this Amy Schumer, yeah. uh, Steve Lacey. I don't know anything about. I just know he's like an R and B singer. I'm not familiar yeah. with his work, so it's one of those. All right, I'll, yeah. I'll go in with an open mind, but I'm not. I, I I kind of I'm now at the point where I just expect to not know who the musical <laughs> guest is. <laughs> I'm just like I'm. I'm 50. I'm not supposed to know who any of these people yeah. are. I'm 50. You know, like you know, when when Paul Simon or David Byrne comes by, you know, then I'll be like, okay, uh, now I know who these folks are. Yeah, but now we're cooking. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Amy Schumer's hosted before, so she knows the drill. So that's something. Well, at least we'll have an. You know, she knows the layout of the studio. Yeah, I mean, it's the first time. This is the first time this season we're going to have an experienced host. So that's something. That's true. Yeah, first returning host of the season. Yeah. I, so we'll uh, you know we'll see what happens. I'm I'm going in. We'll see what happens. So. Indeed. Absolutely. And uh, that's our episode, guys. Thanks for listening as always. Um, thanks for supporting us and doing everything mm-hmm. you do, spreading the word. As always, spreading the word, commenting, and all that good stuff. Yeah, we want we want some more of that. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, you know, give us give us a follow on the social media. Where you can find us at SNL Nerd Show on the Twitter sphere. Yeah, as always, you can find us at non-productive.com. All our shows, donate to our Patreon. 
if, if mm-hmm. you're so inclined. And uh, Helps us keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N, Credible. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. So, Absolutely. And uh, Go do that. And uh, yeah, join us next week. Amy Schumer, Steve Lacey. It, uh, it should be a show. It should be a real it's show. It should be a show. It should be about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Should be airing, I think, on Saturday Night Live. And oh, this is interesting. Uh, episode next week is going to be live. Ooh, so switching things up. So that's something new for the show. Wow. Hope they pull it off. So check that out. Oh. I, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to just redo their whole infrastructure to accommodate a live broadcast. But yeah. I have confidence that they can do. It. Yeah, this is unheard of. So we'll we'll see what they do. Um, we'll we'll see you next week mm-hmm. when we're talking about that show. But until then. Nerds out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.